FM Talk. 24 minutes it is after 8 p.m. Tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, yeah, tonight we check in uh, with um, the latest uh, from Mukhale Meet. They join us for our tech conversation. And uh, we make sense, I guess, of uh, this fascinating cellular food tech operation they've got going there. And uh, they've now produced Africa's first cultivated chicken. Now, um, I don't know what that means. And maybe Dr. Bartels will tell us a bit more. And uh, yeah, pushing a uh, major technological drive here to produce more essential animal protein for people and uh, saying their meat could be a potential game changer for the planet. Dr. Paul Bartels, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Ayabunga. Yeah, and thanks for having me on your show. Let's maybe take a step back here. Um, You know, I've been trying to read up here and make sense of how you make your meat and I guess how comparable or incomparable that is to just the normal way. You're a cellular food tech company, uh, which assumes that there's a cell there somewhere. How do you make meat from an animal cell? Yeah, no, good question. Um, So, yes, this is uh, real meat uh, because it comes from the cells of animals. So we collect a small biopsy uh, from an animal, and uh, so the animal obviously stays alive. Uh, We then take those cells to the lab, and we start um, multiplying those cells. So once you've uh, multiplied a lot of those cells, and and it's different cells because obviously meat is uh, made up of a few different cells, the most important, of uh, course, being the muscle cells. Then there's also fibroblasts, which gives it a bit of structure. Uh, there's obviously vascularization. Um, and then, of course, there's some fat that goes with it. So, Dr. Bartels? You're... Dr. Bartels, are you still there? Yes, I... Oh, yes, you were still saying then there's fat alongside the cells, yeah? Is muscle, so it's exactly the same as what gets from traditional meat. It's not. Uh, some people confuse it a little bit with uh, plant type uh, meat. You know, so there's there's uh, moves uh, already. There's uh, uh, some people might might call it fake meat, and that's made purely from plants. Ours is not that. It's it comes from animal cells, and it's the same cells that make up uh, meat. So it is meat. Obviously, the big difference is that it's grown uh, in a, first in a lab and then in a mini plant. Uh, and this has started now around the world. There's a whole number of companies that have started up around the world. And uh, again, it's one of those issues that we're facing um, is, yes, we're short of animal protein, but at the same time, the cost to the planet of producing that animal protein is very high. So this is a way by, you know, using people. Um, people have to eat. They have to get uh, good nutrition. They have to get essential amino acids. And here's a way to produce that for a population without having to plow up more land yeah. uh, to produce the maize uh, and the, the products that are used to feed animals in a feedlot. Talk to me about the process, because what you're suggesting to us is that you take at cellular level or at the level of the cell um, yes. a, I guess, specimen that you then put into a particular technological process that for That's the right, purposes yeah. of our discussion now emulates the rearing or animal husbandry process that would get, you know, cattle ready for an abattoir, right? Talk to me about that right. intervening process. What, what happens there? 
Yeah, so by collecting these cells, uh, doing cell culture first, which is, is done a lot in, let's say, the pharma industry, but now we're talking about the food industry. So these cells grow up also in a bioreactor. So what you have to do is you have to get a lot of these cells in a similar way that, for instance, uh, a young growing person or somebody exercising, you have precursor stem cells with not pulse. First cells multiply, and, and hence a muscle gets bigger. A small biopsy sample from an animal, and they can then be multiplied many times way that it would be in a person who's, let's say, exercising or a young person growing up. And naturally, once you've got a lot of these cells, you then mature them into their final um, uh, constituents. So in the case of your muscle cells, they will coalesce to form a muscle tube. Mm. In the case of your, your uh, fat cells, they will obviously uh, be uh, fat. Uh, they produce fat globules. And hence you get this mixture of fat and muscle, you know, as you would find in conventional meat. So mm. it's, it, it is conventional meat. It comes from that animal. The only thing is that you, you needn't have slaughtered that animal to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the, you know, so, so I'm still trying to get to the sort of how do you design the meat itself? So where do you get the nerve, the sinew and all of that stuff that would be in a piece of meat? How, yeah. how do we get so, that? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, good point. So you wouldn't have those components. In other words, you wouldn't have nerve cells. You wouldn't even have your your vasculature, your mm. your blood, etc. So it's it's the call it the purest components of that meat. So the whole idea is to initially make your typical ground meat, like mince meat, okay. uh, which can be you know formulated into hamburger patties oh. or sausage, uh, burros, etc. Uh, but obviously, at the end of the day, the gold standard is going to be: can you produce a steak? And in fact. There are companies, uh, for instance, there's a company in Israel that has done a 3D printing of a piece of steak. In other words, that putting it in a bioprinter and printing out the steak. And mm. in fact, even their prime minister and their president ha- have already tasted such meat. It's still very expensive. We're in the R&D stage of this process, so it's going to be a while in developing this, but certainly... Uh, we can say in 10 to 15 years' time, there's going to be some major changes in the sense that you will be able to produce a lot of this meat in this way. So in other words, you won't have to plow up a lot more land. So if we look at South Africa as an example, and if you look at the, the eastern side of the country, which is the higher rainfall area, you can see large tracts of land have already been plowed up in order to plant maize to feed cattle, let's say, in feedlots. So, in other words, with our growing human population, we would have to plow a lot more land. We'd have to almost double what we currently have. That will put major pressure on our wildlife areas. Um, and, uh, of course, this is also uh, going to influence uh, that. Besides the fact that we would be producing more greenhouse gases, we would need a lot more water. Uh, so, for instance, when we face drought now, that's a massive impact to the livestock industry. Um, you, you, we need, you know, we, we, we shouldn't be using more and more water because, okay, certainly. 
So here's a way to be able to recycle that water very efficiently. Uh, you can understand for every kilo of meat that you produce, uh, you're using probably over a ton of water for that. Mm. Whereas with this process, you would use about 95% less water. So uh, certainly for the planet, and if we look at the, the uh, certainly what's come out from the point of view of uh, what's the, the climate change that's happening, we really, it, it's been identified that the food system is playing a massive role at the moment in uh, certainly in greenhouse gases and more specifically the methane production from uh, livestock. So, the Dr. Bartle? Uh, oh, yep. sorry, we lost you there for a second again, yeah. Uh, apology. So, we have to add a new system, our food system, in order to um, still provide good essential amino acids or proteins. We're going to have to uh, look at systems like this going into the future because very soon run out of uh, areas that we can plow up to produce this mm-hmm. maize. And, and as I said, the pressure that that is putting on natural uh, felt out there um, as well as our game reserves. So we're going to have to come up with uh, these methods in order to uh, still help feed people. And here's a great way of looking after our environment and at the same time providing people with what they need. So, so, so commercially, us, I mean, just maybe a quick one there, uh, Doc. Commercially, yeah. if I'm running, uh, you made the example of patties, I mean, more like on the processed meat side of things. Yes. I mean, how cost cost attractive would your, you know, meat synthetic alternative be to me going and getting patties from a butcher who might have gotten, you know, the, the meat or the off cut straight from an abattoir? Yeah, no, good point. But, but remember, this is not synthetic meat. This is actual cells grown up in the same way that the cells would grow in the, the body of an animal. So it's not synthetic. Uh, so it's real meat that isn't from a, it's real meat that isn't necessarily from an animal. It's from an no, it's from an animal. So in, in as we said, we, you know, as a young animal, you've got stem cells in your muscles. So when you exercise uh, and when you're growing up, those stem cells are multiplying. Those are the mm. exact same cells that we use in this process. So it's animal, animal protein, animal cells. Uh, and different different cells that make up meat. So no, it's 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 animal. Sure. It's not like, for instance, the vegans who produce, uh, let's say, chicken uh, substitutes and and meat substitutes, which comes only from plant material. So it's not that. It's this, it's, it's real animal cells. This is it's, the real it deal without like necessarily it killing animals. Meat. It tastes like meat because it is meat. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, let's talk and, about the cost. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, just to add then to what you your question about price, price mm. parity. Obviously, the aim eventually is to get to price parity with conventional meat. That's still going to take a few years, but, but, we, but we will get there, and the companies that are doing this will get there, and already the price has come down. So if you take into account that the first hamburger patty that was ever made by Ark Post in the Netherlands in uh, 2013, that was estimated to cost 230,000 US. And obviously that's a ridiculously high amount of money. But that price has already come down probably by 90, 95% already. So it's, it's just like the human genome. The first human genome sequence uh, cost millions and millions of dollars. 
but today for a thousand dollars you can have your own genome sequence. So, you know, just just like as does that mean? Wait, 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 wait. For a thousand dollars, it means when you say we can have a genome sequence, it means you can make a, a human, basically. No, no, no. You can sequence your genome. So individually, we want our genome sequenced because uh, that might pick up uh, problems that people have. That's why some a lot oh. of people are having their own genome sequenced, only from a disease point of view, okay. and okay. not from uh, your. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, what I'm trying to do is compare the fact that with technology, and as you upscale, the price comes down tremendously. So your your original question was, when can we go into the shop mm. and buy the same patty? It gets cut from, let's say, pot. And the first plant, just to let you know, the first plant has already been built in America. Plant, which is going to produce uh, 600 tons of, of meat, and it's in a built-up area. So it's not like an abattoir where you've got smells and all sorts of byproducts that come off when you slaughter an animal. This doesn't have any of that. It's very clean. They even have a shop and a tasting kitchen and it's right in an urban area so taking those cells and producing meat is a very clean process uh, but one day obviously what we want we all want to get to is price parity so you must be able to go into a shop and buy it for the same price or even maybe cheaper and you must have the same tastes and textures and and so in South Africa we're very fortunate uh, and certainly in Africa, because we've got many different uh, wildlife species that are eaten. So one of our aims is going to be to include uh, a bunch of wildlife species that we currently eat, let's say our antelope species, mm. which have got very good quality meats, lean, uh, t- different tastes and textures, and, and that will be mimicked in these products as well, so that mm. you, you won't know the difference, it'll taste good, the other big advantage of cultivated meat is because you're growing the cells separately and then you're bringing them together into a product, you can, for instance, drop the fat content and make it even healthier for people. Because mm. as we know, if you, if you take too much of your, your fats that, you, that are currently in a more specific cut, uh, let's say Wagyu, which is a very high percentage of yes. fat, Certainly from the point of view of cardiovascular disease, it's a big problem, especially in the West. Mm. So, and even possibly even pre-order into the future that I want that meat, it tastes really good, uh, but instead of having, um, let's say, 10% fat, I'd like mine with 6% fat. Mm. And so you could even have a healthier product. So very exciting things that are going to happen in the future. Uh, this kind of meat. But as I said, it's early days. We still have the early uh, phase. And of course, last month, you, you probably. Uh, March, we took uh, first chicken, cultivated chicken. This is also that we're in the X Prize, feed the next billion. So mm. that's a, a massive prize that is organized by the X Prize Foundation. And it's a $15 million prize. And we're the only team from the continent of Africa. And that project is called the Meet Our Future, mm. and it's part of Tswane University of Technology, their food science department, as well as the stem cell unit of UKZN. So mm. we're very proud and very excited to partner with those two organizations and, of course, Mukhali Meat Company uh, in being in this competition. Yeah, so, yeah. yes, we've got a way to go, uh, for sure, but this is yeah, things have now started around the world uh, as I mentioned, there's probably about 120 companies around the world 
There's probably a few of them in stealth mode, but this nothing's mm-hmm. going to stop this new yeah. development. Yeah. And you can imagine for for people, you know, in uh, let's say five to ten years time, they're going to have much more choices, mm-hmm. um, and it's sure. and it's going to be a really nice product. Okay. Doc, we're going to have to leave it there for tonight. And uh, all the best, of course, uh, in that competition. Uh, we wish you and your team and uh, uh, the teams in those institutions all of the best. And uh, certainly hope that uh, in the not-so-distant future, I can uh, pop by and uh, grab some uh, cultivated Irland biltong. Uh, hopefully. Yes, uh, I'm, yes, I'm not big on the chicken side of things, but uh, I think if indeed... Springbok. Yeah. What about yeah. Springbok? All of that, man. All of that. Uh, cultivated yeah. venison. All of it. All of it. Thank yes, you so much. Absolutely. Pleasure. Right, Thanks for Cheers. having me. Take care.